seriously popular. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. In today's episode, do the gunners have lift off? Sancho and Ten Hag are at it, and is Evan Ferguson the new Shearer? I'm Ian Lady. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. So, Chris, Arsenal and Declan Rice have liftoff. Um... Yeah, have, uh, in terms of their performance, I think they have lift off. I think we're getting a little bit carried away with Declan Rice. Yes, he scored, but it was a deflected effort, wasn't it? Did they not count? Well, well, they they count, of course. But I mean, it's you know being made out it was a, a worldie from Declan Rice, and it was anything but, wasn't it? Well, nobody said it was a worldie. They just said it was an important goal. It was, it was just... an important goal, but it was a deflection. I mean, we can say that as well. I, I mean, a big goal for Arsenal, but let's not get carried away with it. This is like talking to myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's true, isn't it? Is the, I mean, I mean, is... Arsenal beat the poor Manchester United team, a bang average Manchester United team, and, you know, we're all getting overexcited. This is a way that they were certainly getting overexcited at the Emirates yesterday. I was in the press box yesterday. when that th- Actually, when the third goal went in, because that's the kind of icing on the cake goal, when Gabriel Jesus scored the third goal, I have not heard a noise like that at the Emirates well, probably since Coldplay were playing there or something. I mean, it was absolutely extraordinary. I thought they were going to bring the house down. Yeah, um, and I suppose performance-wise this season, up until the Manchester United game, Arsenal have been below par, but uh, because it's Manchester United, I bet the Arsenal fans are thinking, right, we're up and running and we're going to push Manchester City, but I'm not so sure. Apart from those ones who went home early, which were, which were pick, picked out by the... Big talk, match the day cameras. Yeah, there was a group of about. Well, they're always so Why, why do people do that? I've got no idea. I mean, it's like the, I mean, especially the, price of tickets at the Emirates. Correct. Now, Declan Rice, serious subject. Graham Sunis, um, one of our male sport columnists, has said several times that he thinks Declan Rice has got to score more goals to be considered a really, really top class midfielder. Um, depends which role he's being asked uh, to play at West Ham. Um, I think he played a, a deeper role, but it was, you know, he really emerged into a good ball carrier, didn't he? I think at Arsenal, he's you know playing a little bit higher up at times. So I, I take Graham Souness's point that he probably does need to add goals to his game and maybe not deflected ones. I love Graham Souness, but I think that's a bit of a nonsense, and I'm not really? sure I'd say that to Graham if he was sitting across across from me. Um, mm. But I don't, well, agree, I don't why, agree why? with it. But I'm going to ask you a question. I think probably my favourite kind of holding midfield player that I've ever ever seen play is probably Sergio Busquets at Barcelona. I think we all agree, absolutely world-class player. He played um, 
481 times for Barcelona in La Liga over 15 years. How many goals do you think he scored? 11. Good effort. Was, yeah. uh, but, 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 but the point is, is about the role which Busquets is playing. And if Declan Rice is playing a, a role as a, as a number eight, a bit higher up, then I think that Graham Souness has a fair point. Then we would expect him to score more goals if he's playing as a, the, you know, the, the holding midfielder, then, you know, you're right. You're both right. That was absolutely ruined. That's my best start of the day. You just, hey, you've interrupted it. I hadn't even finished it. And then you just kind of put a torpedo right through the middle There's of it. There's a reason for it. There is. The reason that you uh, you played the game and I didn't. And the, but Busquets, 143 caps, 143 caps for Spain. <laughs> How many goals? Um, by the Mets, five. Two. Oh! Yeah, yeah I, just I three for a minute you're kind of peeking at my, my laptop screen here. But the point is made, I think, that I think there's a there's a role for Rice to play in the Arsenal team obviously um, he played quite deep yesterday I thought um, I'm not sure that that scoring goals is really has to be part of that when you look at the talent in that team you know Martinelli by the way what a footballer what a footballer he is a lot of people had rise down as man the match yesterday I actually I actually thought it was Martinelli there's goals in that team that don't have to come from Declan Rice surely no but uh, certainly you know Declan Rice <laughs> In terms of how he's going to be viewed further down the line, it's about Arsenal winning trophies or Declan Rice. Look, he's, not, he's never going to turn into a, a Frank Lampard who was a you know, super prolific goal scorer. But uh, to be viewed as a, as a real all-rounder, I think that Graham Zuness has a point. What a surprise. You've sided, you've sided with the kind of, multi, kind of multi-European Cup yeah, winning, I don't, I don't, I don't, first division winning colossus of Scottish <laughs> football and not me. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> it's weird, yeah, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's really yeah, weird. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on because I thought um, it was a terrific game, an absorbing game, as I like to say, um, when I can't think of a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenal shaded it. Just, just shaded a, it, just, do you think? I think it, I think it. Well, look, United almost won it. Let's let's not forget that. We can, we'll talk about United in a minute. They almost won it. If that Garnacho goal, which is which is correctly disallowed, but an offside of about two inches, offside. if that go, if that if that stands, they probably will win the game. So I think every, that shows every, how tight every, it was. Every inch counts. I think that's, I'm going to straighten up in my chair as you say that. Um, that is how how close it was. Now Arsenal, they looked. Uh, I thought it looked good yesterday without being fabulous. One of the problems they will have this season is the fact that everybody or nobody is, is as good as Manchester City. That would appear to be obvious yet again. The second problem they have closer to home is is Kai Havertz. What do you make of the way that he's started for Arsenal and the pressure that he's beginning to come under? I think a lot of Arsenal fans have already made their mind up on Kai Havertz and I don't think it's helping him. He he looks like a player who is playing with doubt, uh, and indecision, and fear. And it, you know, I've been through that myself. And you know, he had all the all the uh, trademarks of uh, of myself at, at at Chelsea. That effort in the first half where he fluffed his lines really snatched at it. There's a player there who's not playing with a clear mind. But I do think that that the Arsenal fans, you know. What's what's the sort of um, consequence of them booing him and, and getting on his back? And I don't know whether he reads social media or the, or the newspapers, but you know he's, he's barely started at Arsenal. There's this negativity towards him, and, and you have to look at the bigger picture. Is that going to help Kai Havertz if there is this, you know, th- this sort of attitude from a certain section of the Arsenal fans to 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 think that he's you know 
not any good. In the 13th minute yesterday, somebody stood up behind the dugouts at the Emirates and shouted, get him off. 13 minutes. Mm, that plays to your early. point. Now, I must say, that chance that he missed, um, I sometimes have a little dream. It's a very strange, right. very strange dream about... Um, I think you have a, a lot of strange dreams. Is, lot, is there something you want to tell me? I think it me? says a lot about my general <laughs> kind of mental, <laughs> mental state. I have this dream that like, I'm in a running race and I'm expected to do quite well. But when it starts, my legs won't really work properly. My legs like feel really heavy. And I'm like, it's like I'm running in sand. You're going to say it's not a dream. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm running in sand or mm. kind of slow motion. That's what Kai Havertz looked like when he missed that, when he missed that chance. It was almost like time stood still it was an open goal and he barely made contact with the ball at all that just had fear written all through it to me that has a a, a player playing with a, a, a frazzled mind and bearing in mind he's just just started at Arsenal it's really not a good sign how you know I, I suppose the question is is how does he get out of this uh, spiral because he's disappointing last season at Chelsea the Chelsea Arsenal thing doesn't help uh, as far as I can see, but he just needs to, to to work hard, get a goal or two under his belt, and feel wanted, and feel wanted by his home support. And you know, that's there's no doubt there's an issue. I saw Arteta come out in support of him, and he's quite right to do that. The players will be supporting him, but you can't get away from the elephant in the room. A lot of Arsenal fans just aren't having him. I thought I thought he was hiding a little bit towards the end of the first half because he'd missed that chance and then he gave the ball away for United's goal. He looked a little bit like he was hiding. Tell me, tell me how that feels. How that feels? Well, what are you suggesting at the no, times I hid? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll no, that, 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 that's fine. I can answer that because yeah. it, because it's true. It's. I suppose it's like in um, you know in in any sport you you lose at the at the highest level you lose a bit of confidence when there's a bit of doubt hesitation sets in and you, you talk about that finish you know it's a hesitant finish a player with a clear mind who's uh who's who's confident just strokes that in doesn't think about it so you know maybe he's overthinking maybe there's that desire that he you know he's straining and wants to do so well but he's not a player who is uh who, who's playing with that the, the confidence which i saw that uh Bayer Leverkusen. i mean this is a guy who's got a winner in a champions league final Absolutely. and he, he, he looks shot to pieces at this moment in time it's only fair to say before we move on that last week on this show we absolutely hammered marcus rashford for what we thought was a dive against um in their game against Forest and uh, to equal it up, I think Havertz, let's say, made the most of that contact for the uh, the penalty. Well, why, do to, why do we have to even up? Why can't we just say a dive's a dive? I, I, are you going to backtrack in the week on Kai Havertz as well? See a different angle from a punter yeah, in the stand? I, I, did, I did backtrack on Rashford, didn't I? I was hoping you'd <laughs> forgotten that. Hoping everybody's just forgotten that. Right, move on. Manchester United, it, I mean, it gets worse for them. That's two defeats out of four in the league now. Uh, I think this season, uh, Eric Ten Hag's team have been really poor. I don't think it was any great surprise yesterday that um, that Manchester United lost. What would concern me is Eric Ten Hag and his comments after the game. I thought he was deluded saying that Manchester United deserved to win the game. It was a good performance. It wasn't. It was, you know, Arsenal, who were the team in the ascendancy, I always felt, who looked the more likely team. Manchester United... Did look a bit of threat uh, of a threat on the counter attack, but I think it's been a you know a really disappointing start to the season, and now the scrutiny is on uh, in, uh, Ten Hag's recruitment, bit of player unrest now, and it's all as is typical with Manchester United unraveling. 
well, you say, you describe it as a bit of play unrest, which I think is a rare understatement from yourself because I think um, Eric Ten Hag has got more than a bit of play unrest on his hands with Jaden Sancho. Um, Sancho not in the travelling party for the game at the Emirates mm-hmm. yesterday. Ten Hag, was, Ten Hag was asked about that after the game and replied, uh, to my mind, very, very honestly and openly by saying um, he wasn't selected because he hadn't trained well in the week. I think that is something and nothing comment. It's an honest answer to a straight question. What was the point of him saying that? Jaden Sancho clearly didn't think there was a pause, clearly thinks there's an agenda to his manager yeah, saying what, that. What, what, was, what was the point? Just let me tell, just let me remind you what Sancho subsequently wrote on social media. This is a, an abridged version of what he said. Don't believe everything you read. I've conducted myself very well in training. There are other reasons for this matter. I have been a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. Right. So, I mean, my my view on this is I don't understand why Eric Ten Hag would out him publicly and chuck him under the bus. Because he's asked a, he's asked a question, he's given um, a straight answer. Well, don't give a straight answer because, you know, the consequence of that is there's a good chance you're going to lose a talented player. Uh, and But by the way, I don't, I don't agree with Sancho and the way he's responded. Whatever happened to going knocking on the manager's door? Uh, you know, if the manager has outed you publicly, I think it's a really stupid so, thing for Ten for Ten Hag to do. I, I mean, it looks like Sancho's days are numbered at Manchester United now. That's so. The options available to Ten Hag in that situation are, mm. from what I can see, twofold. The first is to tell the truth. The second is second is to lie. It's not lying. Hang on, hang on. So he's asked that question, and he doesn't want to say that he's had a bad week in training. So he can say, "I'm not answering the question." Which just obviously then sets up hairs running in all kinds of directions. He can he can say he's injured, which would be mm. a fib. Um, well, get, gets him gets him out of a hole. And the issue, one of the issues with Sancho is that a, um, a year ago, um, and at the start of Ten Hag's first season at United, Sancho disappeared from the squad. Obviously, people wanted to know why. Again, Ten Hag, with the uh, agreement of Sancho's representatives told the truth, said he'd had some physical problems and some mental and some mental problems, which everybody thought was a very mature way to deal with it was a difficult situation. Sancho was then allowed to recover from those issues privately to come back into the team. If Ten Hag is uh, evasive or obtuse about this issue yesterday, people will then start to ask themselves, oh, has Jaden Sancho maybe got another mental issue? That wouldn't be fair on Jason, uh, Jaden Sancho. Ten Hag, Ten Hag had to tell the truth. He could, no, he could have just said he's got a niggle. That's well, a, a lie, Chris. Um, if you start it, lying it, on camera, um, but but it, is that is that better than uh, than making an enemy of a of a player who who look Manchester United this season haven't hit the straps and Jade uh, uh, a fit firing Jaden Sancho would be a real asset for them. It, it looks like he's, he's finished at uh, Manchester. If you're Jaden Sancho, how do you feel about right. that? Be, being yeah. outed publicly, okay. you have to have the manager's back. So, Kenny, Kenny Dalglish, okay, used to say things in the sanctuary of a dressing room and used to fillet players. He filleted me, wouldn't surprise you. Then he'd go out to you boys in the press and say something totally different, back the players. And when managers do that, you know, it, they always have the dressing room with them. As soon as you start calling out a player publicly, I think it becomes a problem. I, I absolutely hear and respect all that. And we should go back to the Dalglish uh, filleting of Chris Sutton or maybe on another occasion because I want to know exactly Fillet, what he fill, said. Filleting. I want to know what he said <laughs> and, what it was, and what it was about. But this is a, a serious subject, so let's stick with it. I hear, I hear what you're saying. 
but we don't know. We don't know what Sancho's training has been like. There could be players. There could be hypothetical who who might be fed up with the way that Sancho has been training. They might be thinking, "I'm glad the manager's called him out on it." But let's ask you a simple question. If that was you and your playing days, you're sitting home on the sofa, you haven't travelled for a big game, it's on the telly, and you sit there and you hear the manager say that, what goes through your mind? Um, what goes through my mind, uh, I go and knock on the manager's door the next day and ask him why he uh, made the comments If you, me. If you had um, access to social media and instant expression back in those days... What do you think? How do you think you would have handled that? Would you have done what Jaden Sancho has just done? Um, I mean, you're good at hypotheticals. I do not understand footballers who resort to going on social media to, you know, answer a, a criticism he's trying to make. It's, it's, look, I mean, clearly there's a, there's a massive issue with Ten Hag and Jaden Sancho. But that's wrong for Jadon Sancho to go on social media. Uh, you know, you telling me if Jadon Sancho was playing to his best level, that Eric Ten Hag would leave him out. There's, you know, there there is clearly an issue. Sancho's a talented player. It looks like Ten Hag doesn't want him. Sancho would be an asset, should be an asset for Manchester United. So it looks like his days are numbered. Although, although he hasn't really managed to, to to show himself as an asset to any of the Manchester United players he's played for, so, uh, managers he's played for so far. Uh, to be fair, now I put this out on Twitter last night just to um, ask people out there what they made of this little uh, tete-a-tete. And I was quite surprised. There was quite a bit of negativity came back towards Ten Hag. Actually, I thought they'd all be in his corner. Really? There's a couple here. Um, Jonathan McCready, for example, on Twitter said, Ten Hag started it. Players can only take so much disrespect. Uh, Lulu Bell's M on Twitter says, I'm only smiling at that brilliant Twitter handle, uh, not sure, but I don't think either of them should have said what they said. Is there any coming back from a public spat like that? You clearly think there is not, Chris. No. And uh, an interesting comparison <clears throat> is uh, Damari Gray at Everton, uh, who came out with a social media post about Sean Dyche. Mm. Obviously, Sean Dyche hasn't publicly criticised Damari mm. Gray, so I don't mm. understand why Damari Gray would actually do that. It's probably disappointed he's not in the team. Everton have been hopeless this season. They've got problems mm. in the final third. Damari Gray is a talented player. We know that. Are you telling me Sean Dyche has an agenda? against Amari Graham, wouldn't pick him if he was absolutely flying. I think in these situations, you need people around you, don't you, to maybe provide a bit of context and balance. And you just wonder sometimes whether all players do have the people to put an, a, a hand on the shoulder and just say, calm down, this isn't going to help. Put your phone down, no, as, I, yeah, as, I, no, as I often no, say, no. and often especially failed. when you've had a drink. Don't, don't tweet when you've had a drink. And absolutely, why are you looking at me when you when you say that? Um, anyway, I, I we'll, we'll move on in a minute. I would say I slightly disagree with you um, about United. I think look, they are not they're not a great football side. Um, I think they will put teams away still, and I think which at the, teams. Hmm? They'll beat, they'll, they'll beat teams at home. So the, what's their record like against the, the big boys, the, the, the top the, teams? You've been reading my uh, piece in this morning's verdict, haven't you? Their the record away against big, uh, what you might call top six teams is very, very poor. Off the top of my head, at home last season, they beat Liverpool at home. They beat Arsenal at home. They beat Manchester City at home. They beat Chelsea at home. They will beat teams at home. My doubt about them is about whether they've 
improved sufficiently from last season. Well, and at the moment, well, yeah. it looks like they haven't. But you're sort of pussyfooting around the situation. Manchester United performed well last season, eventually, under Ten Hag. This season, it was about getting closer to Manchester City and making progress. And you've actually written that, you know, there's, there's a question whether they have made progress. And you've changed your mind on the goalkeeper, haven't you? I have seen... Well, Edward, that's, taken seen you, I, that's taken you a month tell you what, to, to hit the reverse. Tell you what, I'm glad you've mentioned Andrea Nana because I have to say... I mean, one, you wrote him off after one, one game, I, three games later. I did, actually, right. I absolutely did. Absolutely wrote him off. I th- actually, no, I think I wrote him off as soon as I signed him, to be honest, just because I didn't know that much about him. Um, what I did notice yesterday, and this sounds like I'm being facetious, but I'm not, I actually think he's better with the ball at his feet than some of United's out, outfield players. I oh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with I, that. I certainly yeah. think he's better, better with the ball at his feet than Victor Lindelof. And that, and that is one, there was one time when yesterday when Anana passed it about five yards to Lindelof. Lindelof looks at him as if saying, what are you passing it to, what are you passing it to me for? Passed it straight back. But that is one of the problems with having a, a ball-playing goalkeeper, which is what Ten Hag wants. If you have a ball-playing goalkeeper, you've also got to have ball-playing centre-halves. You've got to have ball-playing full-backs. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is not a ball-playing fullback. He's a brilliant defensive fullback, not a ball-playing fullback. Mm. Let's move on. Now, one team that uh, are ahead of Arsenal uh, and, of, and indeed Manchester United in league are West Ham. Three wins from four. They won. Um, they kind of ruined Luton's first game at home in the Premier League on Friday night by winning there. Now, the two things I want to say very quickly about West Ham. Kurt Zuma, who we know uh, was in the the headlines for all the wrong reasons last season for um, that social media video room kicking his cat. Um, still can't believe that I'm actually saying that sentence. Um, he's not only kind of back and playing a fundamental role in that West Ham team for David Moyes, but he's the captain. Mm, um, look, I mean, I, I think he's admitted to making a, a huge mistake, um, ridiculous thing for Kurt Zuma to do. Um, there's a reason David Moyes has given him the captaincy, isn't there? Um, and he must have shown David Moyes that he's, uh, you know, he's got great leadership qualities. Um, and for David Moyes to trust him, fair play to Kurt Zuma for, for, you know, getting himself in that situation where, you know, he's shown he is a good leader for West Ham and, he, you know, he is a captain. And I'm interested to know what heights Zuma can get back to because I remember when he came through, in fact, I was there at Stamford Bridge the day when he did that, when he suffered that awful knee injury, which I think was in a game against Manchester United. And that was a dreadful knee injury. And he's had to, he, you talk about, you know, going around the houses. He's had to go around the houses to get back to, mm. to the level. I think Stoke City, I think, Everton, I think as well, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Um, and, you know, it's, it's quite heartening to see someone who's made a heck of a mistake in the yeah. public eye and he's back. And, the other, the other the other player in that team who I'm kind of fascinated by is Jared Bowen, super footballer, super bloke. I've in- interviewed him uh, once. It was on Zoom back in the, the COVID days, but he's a, a really interesting backstory to tell. Honest player, talented player. Has he any chance of ever getting that England squad? Well, well he has, mm. but he's probably got to do something extraordinary with the players he's competing with in, in that position. But he started the season really strongly. I didn't think he had his best season last season for West Ham. He got better the Finished longer the well. season. To see, yeah, ex- exactly. And he started this season well, which is great news for David Moyes. And he's just got to keep pushing. And if his numbers are good, then eventually he may forge his way in. But there's a, there's tough a bit, competition. A bit of a fuss about Raheem Sterling not being in Gareth Southgate's England squad for the... Um, Do you get that? Um, no, no, I don't. But, but what I was going to say was that you could argue that Bowen 
deserves to be in it just as much just as much as Sterling. It can't now, be just as much. If you had to pick one, who would it be? I'd pick, but I'd pick Bowen because only because because I think there's certain players. You know, Raheem Sterling knows deep down the fact that there's clearly been a bit of an issue there with Gareth over maybe what happened at the World Cup or other issues. He knows deep down he'll eventually get back in that England squad if he plays at the level that he started this season. Jared Bowen probably doesn't know that, and I think there's a lot to be said in a in a quite a big squad to put someone in. Almost just to keep them engaged in the, in the process, rather than Jared Bowen could be forgiven to think for, for thinking my experience with England was pretty miserable, and I'll go on to that in a minute. And I'm not getting any encouragement to suggest that whatever I do, I'm going to get back in. Um, but I mean, from from a player's perspective, I had it myself. I mean, there was a lot of competition back in my day, striking positions. Blimey, I mean, you know, you think Shearer, Sheringham, Les Ferdinand, Ian Wright, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, likes to Stan Collymore, David Hurst was a you know a good striker. Dion Dublin, you know, probably left left some out. And and Jared Bowen at this moment in time is looking the place he's in competition with Saka, could say Grealish. You got Foden who can play off that side, Sterling, and thinking I've got to do a hell of a lot. But I mean, what's the alternative? Giving up. You, well, you, well. Do, 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 we, do we do we want to go? Do we want go to there. go? Down well, we not giving up in that. In that, there are there are different types of giving up. Aren't Gi- there? Giving somebody plenty of opportunity to give up on you, I think, was probably the best way to describe. It. Anyway, shooting, anyway, look, shooting look, oneself in the foot. All I think. of those who were there will not will never forget your eleven minutes against Cameroon. Twelve. Well, BBC says you're in, inaccurate journalism. The BBC. This, I, I work for the BBC now. Uh, David Moyes has done brilliantly so far uh, this season. Only four games in, I think. Fourteen percent possession. Gravity. I think gravity will eventually take its toll on on, on West Ham. But uh, why, why can't you let them have David Moyes have his moment? I well, mean, if you if you if you went back to when Declan Rice was sold, right, and the pre-season, and we we should not forget this: the pre-season that West Ham have had. West Ham fans were going balmy about the, the lack of recruitment. Mm. And now, what a difference a few weeks make. So you're saying to me, why can't I give West Ham their, their little moment? I've just given them four and a half minutes on this show. That is it. That is their, that is their moment. That is their moment. What more? West Ham supporters, you, won't, you, you won't hear us mention your team again. Ian Ladyman's got you to slip down the table. They've had their moment. No, no not slip. No, not slip. Plummet. Um, <laughs> you know, I, mean, look, I mean, it's not like West Ham, West Ham supporters are emotional. Not the ones that we know, no. <laughs> oh, it's, a no, good, no. it's a great story. Give David Moyes a statue. Oh, come on. Let's, come on. We know. We're big up, big up West Ham. It's great to see a different team up there, but I do think, I do think that may change. Now, um, Moyes has done brilliantly so far. Um, not think, the West I Ham think, way, though, is it? Our, with, with the football. It's not the West Ham oh, way. You know, you know all, all you know, we know people, and you, you go back through the West Ham history of playing a certain way. It's not the West Ham way. All that thought will be back right after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, talking about managers who play a certain way, we think our favourite coach this season so far probably is Big Ange. Uh, and you're not, you're not, you're, you're not that familiar where you can call him Big Ange in my opinion would you call him Big Ange if you went and sat in a press conference I can call him the Antipodean Allardyce <laughs> I, I would love that if you did that I would I would fear for your He's life if you did that You can't, so you're comparing Ange Ball to oh, Sam Allardyce dear me you I couldn't get you couldn't get any further apart. That is lazy journalism. We, we, we have had the conversation before about your sheer disrespect for what Allardyce you achieved. You are not seriously comparing meant, Allardyce to Ange Postacoglu. I meant a little bit in their demeanour. The way that the way that Postacoglu sits at those press conferences, kind of leaning forward on his elbows, almost kind of willing, just engaging. But but you know that there's something coming back your way if you get something wrong as a journalist. And I, I you know, I, I like that about him. I love I yeah, that. He, 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 I mean, he. I mean, there was a, there was a clip in the week, wasn't there, with Moose from Talk Sport where. I mean, Postacoglu's quite right to take him on well, over that. There's, yeah, go on. It's almost as if you know what's coming up uh, on this show. Uh, Postacoglu is still wallowing a little bit in some Robbie Williams love after um, Robbie kind of reworded his Angels hit in tribute to him last week. Um, we played that, and this is what Postacoglu had to say about it. This club has had some big-name managers, real historic managers down the years. But you have achieved something already that none of them have achieved. No one has ever had a pop song sung about them. Um, firstly, Robbie Williams, do you know him? Um, have you ever met him? <laughs> what did you think when you heard Robbie Williams had changed the lyrics of one of his most famous songs for It's you? one of the most sort of backhanded, sort of underwhelming compliments I've ever had. You've had some unbelievably fantastic managers, big names, successful, and then there's you, Ange. You know, so and then and then if I ever heard of Robbie Williams, where have I been living, mate? I love Robbie Williams. I think he's he's brilliant. He's a great entertainer. Um, I've got a he made himself brilliant. I think it was, came off the back of one of our supporters. Uh, look, it's 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 great. Um, you know, the alternative is they make up songs about you that are less than complimentary. So I'll, I'll take it for what it is. But. Um, yeah, thanks for that, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll just float out of here, you know, feeling good about myself. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing, You Moose? can hear the contempt in Foster Cogger's voice yeah, there, kind of dripping can, with contempt. Yeah, but, but he's, you know, he, he's quite right. What I mean, what sort of question was that? I like Moose, but what sort of question... Was that and, the, and and I said to you before about Poster well, Cogger. There's this there's this there's this stereotype, um because he's from Australia that, you know, they all live in the outback Australians. I mean it's you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Has he heard of Robbie Williams? I mean Do you dear know what me, do you know what makes on. a good question, Chris? The an, the answer. And he got a good and he got a good answer. So to me, good question. He got he might not have got the answer you expected, but he got a good answer. Now you're a fan 
of Big Ange, we know that. Have you ever seen him on the back foot? Because he doesn't seem that type of fella. Um, I mean, well, you know a lot of the Scottish journos. Uh, I think they had a, a deep respect for him. And uh, he. I, I always liked the way he dealt with the, the journalists north of the border, uh, very much on the front foot. You know, you slip up, he will he will come for you. The only time I saw him um, really flustered and unsure was... Um, you know when it when it made the decision that he was moving for Tottenham, but he was still at Celtic in that in that last week, the the week before he won the the eventually winning the the treble on the uh, Scottish Cup. Um, in that week before he was questioned a lot, there were all the links with Tottenham, and he was questioned a lot about it and said, "Well, my focus is only on the game, and you know, winning the treble with Celtic. That's all my focus is on." And you'll know that's a, that's yeah. a, that, that that's a sort of a, an easy out for a manager. As soon as Celtic had won the cup. The subsequent day or two after the final, he was looked really uncomfortable because he knew you could see it in his eyes. He he couldn't he couldn't hide it. He knew that he was going to Tottenham there, and and he you know he he couldn't let it out because the deal hadn't been done. But that was the only time I've seen him uncertain in a that, in a press that conference. That is actually one of the hardest situations for a manager to, to be in, and and most top managers have been in that situation at some point when they know the the moving, they know the going but they've still got a couple of games left to fulfil and they can't stand there and tell the truth because that kills the dressing room, room etc. I actually had a manager uh, call me up uh, last season um, to say to me, I've got a problem. Um, you know, I, I am interested in this other job, but I can't, and I probably I'm going to go there, but I can't say it. I'm going to be asked about it tomorrow. What's your advice? What, what, should, what should I do? I just said, oh, are we just calling sick? Telling you, know, get, 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 get a note from get a note from your mum. But no, I did. I did. I did, I did say to him, I said, "Look, you have got three options here. You either don't go, which is you don't go to your press conference. Um, mm. You 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 lie, which I wouldn't recommend because eventually you'll get caught out. Or you walk in and say that you're just not going to talk about it. Now, a bit rich coming from a, from a journalist to um, mm. to encourage a manager not to talk about a subject, but this person was a you know I know quite well and that that was the only advice I could give him was to go in there and blanket because who, who was it mm -hmm. oh, I can't remember um he didn't go anyway <laughs> after, after all <laughs> well you can say who it was then go. now um we are a new uh podcast really hope that you are enjoying listening to the show and I would um ask one favor um if you're on Spotify um please rate us it's really really important good bad or indifferent and if you're if you listen to us through Apple podcast then please leave a review and if it's like the one that Banks M20 left us that would be perfectly okay he said I wasn't particularly a great fan of Ladyman's articles but after <laughs> listening to these podcasts I've changed my mind he comes across as being very knowledgeable mm. and balanced really? and um, another uh, listener LUFC said Chris Sutton is spot on as usual as for Ladyman well I'm warming to him I think I'll take that as a like like yeah. life begins, backhanded confidence will do for us, won't they? Yeah, and interesting, you asked for a favour and then you said good, bad or indifferent review. It's not no, a favour, is it? If you get a bad review, do us a favour, give us a bad review. Now, Forrest um, won at Chelsea 1-0 on Saturday, Antia Langer scoring um, that goal, a brilliant performance. Forrest have now bought 40 players since they got, promo since, since they got promoted. I mean, I'd love to know where, what the, where they all are, what they do, what they do with them. All. It's extraordinary. Four, 40 players. There was um, footage on um, social media last night of Divock Origi at, at the at, at the City Ground. 
They, they, they just keep coming. But the one thing that I think is really impressive about that team and I am really interested in is the fact that the two local players that they had who got who were in the team when they got promoted, the captain, Joe Worrell, um, central defender, and central midfielder, Ryan Yates, are both still in that team, which I think is an incredible achievement by the two of them. Um, I've met Yates. He's an absolutely lovely lad, exactly the type of footballer you would want in, in your team. You know, just kind of loves that loves that football club. Born in Lincoln, I think, but a, a product of their youth system. Now, Joe Wall, he's... He, what does that matter where he's born? I just thought it might pique your interest, given that you once had a very short and unsuccessful spell as manager there. Um, we talked about that. We might, well, I think we'll do a half an hour special on so that. Are we, are we going to do like a birthplaces for everybody you, no, you name could, no, on this? We could do a half an hour show, show once of like mm. our career dis- our career disappointments. We can talk about mm. yours and we, can t- and we can talk. I mean, this is one of mine. Mm. I mean, I, well, I, I hadn't heard of you uh, up until the went to the World Cup and then I saw you pop up on a Zoom. Always possible to be effective without being always noticeable or flamboyant. That is what, that is what, That's that what is you what, tell yourself. That was what I, was, I am. I, I have been a bit of a water carrier throughout my career. No, say, come on, say. I was joking. It's only now that I've been allowed to taste the champagne. Mm. Now, so let's talk about, let's talk about Forest. Let's talk, let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually coffee in that cup. It's only now I've been able to taste the champagne. Joe, well, so for those of you who don't know, um, Joe lost his uncle last week, um, a police officer, Sergeant Graham Saville, um, lost, him, lost his life in tragic circumstances. Um, you can only imagine what that did to, um, to, to uh, Sergeant Saville's immediate family, he had two children, but also um, to, to, to Worrell, who, who played for Star, who didn't, you know, didn't take the, the option that I'm sure he must have been tempted to not to play, um, put his hand up, Played against Chelsea, man of the match performance, um, superb effort by him. But what I really want to to get to is whether having that core in that team of the two local lads matters at all. I think to, to Forest supporters it matters. Does it matter in the dressing room? Did it matter to you? Did you care more when you played for Norwich than you did when you played for Blackburn, how does that kind of work? What do you mean, the, do you mean care well, more? I'm interested- I mean, it, it, you know, that, that doesn't relate to uh, the way you feel about going out onto to so a pitch. Okay, so it doesn't. Just that some people will have it as, you know, we want local players in our team. It's important. It matters. I think it's important to uh, Jurgen Klopp that he's got Trent in his team as a, as, as a scouser. It's, 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 more impo- know, it's more important that Jurgen Klopp has... Uh, High quality players more than anything. Mm. I I I I get you. I do get your point, and the supporters love that, or are supposed to love that affiliation with homegrown players. I don't always think it works that way. I think uh, homegrown players often get the harder time, which which may sound odd. I was up at Celtic with Aidan McGeady, who was a really talented player, but and um, the fans never took to him, and he came Martin O'Neill. Uh, brought him into to training as a young lad and he had that, uh, you know, it's a brilliant, wonderful feat he had. And for, for whatever reason, the fans used to give him a really hard time and I never understood that. And I think 
you know, Todd Campbell at Norwich, for example, um, you know, is up at Rangers now, had a, had a very similar thing. I, I don't always think homegrown players, I don't think it always works for homegrown players mm. um, get get the sort of adulation. I, th- I think that's always, clubs, clubs always talk about mm. the models, club model, and this is, you know, perfect. We can nurture players, bring them up through the youth ranks. But there's always that element amongst the support where they seem to, might be wrong with this, but they seem to... Uh, not appreciate players brought in um, on a transfer, but maybe not give the love to homegrown players, which most of us would feel that they should. I think maybe they carry a greater load. And I think some players like Wally and Yates probably uh, rise to that challenge of carrying a, a greater load and maybe others don't. I remember Ryan Giggs saying to me once that that of all the players who used to get criticised in-house, I'm not talking about by supporters, but in-house by Alex Ferguson, himself and David Beckham used to get more than anybody else. And obviously, you know, David wasn't local, but they came, both mm. came through the system. And Ryan's explanation for that was that um, if you came through, Fergie always demanded more from you and was also happy, always happy to make an example of you in front of other players because other players would sit there and think, well, if the manager can have a go at those two, then that means that kind of none of us are safe. So maybe... Uh, maybe there is a little bit, little bit of that. Anyway, you went to Ibrox um, yesterday. How was that? Yeah, interesting. Good to good to go back after a couple of years in the wilderness. So you, yeah, you took a couple of years out from going to to that game, didn't you? Why why was that? <laughs> that wasn't through choice. I was deemed a uh, a security risk. Believe it or not. Look at the smile on your face uh, there. I, what, I mean, can you believe that? I mean, you're such a big gentle bear. I mean, how could anybody think that you, you know, you would be a security risk to anybody? I don't think calling me a gentle bear would go down well with the Celtic support. Why? Is that offensive That's, in no, some no, way? No, bear, the, the bears are sort of, uh, you know, ranger support. Oh right, so there we go. Wrong, wrong, wrong wording. Right, so I think that I think I'll just yeah. take myself off that England Scotland game in uh, Hamden in a couple, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. No, but why? I mean, why? Why were you deemed a security risk? I mean, what? What? Because of your I, incendiary nature of your, some of your comments. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I mean, if if honesty makes you become a security risk, then heaven help us all. How was it? Um, it was a, a problem for Michael Beale. Whichever manager, you know, lost the game, it was going to be an issue more so for Michael Beal, I think, just with the the nature of them going out of the the Champions League, absolutely smashed by by PSV and brought in a lot of players uh, who haven't quite clicked at this moment in time and Celtic have a lot of players to come back in, a lot of injury problems and ended up deservedly winning the game so it's a problem for Michael Beale and his biggest issue is there were 25,000 supporters at the end of the game who gave the Rangers team absolute pelters when when they came off and you think four league games in out of the you know Champions League albeit they're in the Europa but uh, he's under the pump maybe he should have stayed at QPR after all Um, moment of the weekend mine well I have if you've mentioned one already which is Arsenal fans leaving early we've already been there second one was um, watching Declan Rice come over to the interview at the Sky interview podium after after yesterday's game and he gets there and he's obviously greeted by an enormous uh, hug by Micah Richards. I mean, Micah likes to cuddle everybody. Mm. Big hug from Micah Richards, moves on. Quite a big hug from uh, Theo Walcott, gets to Roy Keane. Yeah, 
hand, handshake. Hand, 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 you know what I mean? There was never, and, 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 I love yeah, that. Yeah, handshake. There was, you know, never going never gonna to be anything uh, more expansive than that. Um, but my moment of the weekend is has got to be, I think, Evan Ferguson, 18-year-old Brighton striker, uh, three goals um, against Newcastle in what was quite a statement performance, I thought, from uh, Roberto De Zerbi's team. But what I, what slightly has, uh, pe- has kind of piqued my interest on that is that um, I thought we were supposed to kind of shelter young players from too much kind of adulation and um, and fame in the way that kind of F- Fergie used to do with with gigs. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are on the... On the for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. So, on the back of um, our newspaper t- today, we have um, Chris Sutton. Fabulous Ferguson reminds me of Shearer. Um, yeah. Gary Lineker um, compared uh, Ferguson to Erling Haaland on Match of the Day, and his old and his own manager Roberto De Zerbi compared him to Christian Vieri, the great Italian striker. So, no pressure there, Evan. No, but I mean, we, you know, what what are we saying? We're saying what we're all seeing. He's a not eighteen. I mean, you, you, where will he be in another three or four years? You think his development has been so good? Real natural finisher as well. He's there, he's only just got started. I thought the Shearer comparison was bold by itself, though. I mean, that's that's something. That's... Well, I'm asked, you know, I'm asked the question, and that's that's my opinion. Can you remember Shearer? As an 18-year-old, 19-year-old young player at Southampton, I think there are a lot of similarities. Well, so it sounds as though in maybe two two seasons they'll have... Gareth him. can't get him for England, though, can he? <clears throat> no, he can't. They'll be having another, um, they'll be having another £100 million fight with Chelsea then, uh, 12 months, 12 months, <laughs> da- 12 months <laughs> that, down the line. Deserve, yeah. Right, what about you? Moment of the weekend. Um, well, I've, I've felt for you the last couple of weeks really and your sort of phobia of uh, of Roy Keane uh, so my moment of the weekend is uh, a message to you from Graham Souness our podcast host Ian Ladyman is somewhat scared of Roy Keane um, you've never shied away from going toe to toe with him and um, speaking your truth against him if they cross paths what would your advice be for talking to the former Manchester Vatican Roy Roy's a pussycat Roy's a pussycat. What I'd say about Roy is he's, he's very entertaining. He will, he will call a spade a spade, and um, if you believe differently, he's got to stand up for your beliefs. But I have to say, Roy, away from the camera, is, is really good company, very funny. And I got on well with him. At times we didn't agree, but that's, that's what you want to see at home. That's what people watching the television want to see. And um, he'll stick to his views, and I'll stick to mine. And I'll suggest to um, Ian Lederman, he does the same. You can, don't make noise that Ian Lederman can stand up to himself. Don't worry about him. I love that. A bit of faint praise <laughs> at the end from Siri. That's magnificent. Do you think if you met... That's magnificent. That's, that's nice for you. Siri, Siri rates me. You can, <laughs> Brilliant. I think he was being kind there. Um, I mean, so next time you see Roy Keane, I mean, do you think you'll call him a pussycat? Well, if Roy Keane's a pussycat, then I think I'm a mouse. Right, that is it for this week. And thank you for listening. And remember that if you want to watch this show, you will be able to see the whole of it in its entirety on YouTube later this week. And those of you who do go there, please leave a comment. Roger Davis was kind enough to say, the journalist gives the opinion of the journo and Sutton talks with insight. It's an enjoyable show. Thanks for that, Roger. Remember for all your breaking news to go to Mail Online, please download and subscribe to the Mail Online plus app and most importantly of all please be aware that on thursday we have a sister show 
it's called it's all coming up and chris and i will be back to talk about all the action that's coming up over the coming weekend failing that make sure you're here for the next edition of this show i'm ian lademan this chap to my left is chris sutton it's all kicking off 